0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to a special edition of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast entitled, This is Chasing Rance. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to hear is a three-part documentary which delves into some pretty significant details about the most polarizing figure probably in the history of pro wrestling. Uh, This is definitely something that you've never heard before in this level of detail. There is a lot that's been said and written about Chase and Rance, yet there's very little information out there directly from Chase and Rance until now. A couple of key points I want to go over here. First and foremost, I am the Duke, host of Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, and I truly believe that when it comes to media, any form of media, it is important to reach out to the sources of any story and allow them the opportunity to speak from their perspective, right? It's very interesting when we hear from everyone but some of the main subjects of any matter. Let's hear directly from the source in their own words so that there's no confusion about who, what, where, why, how, (laughs) you know, the basics there. So, But I do want to make it clear. Uh, This this docuseries is... In no way, shape, or form is an endorsement of anyone. And in no shape or form is it any sort of I gotcha or negative takedown of anyone. This docuseries is an opportunity for us to hear a side of this entire crazy story that, like, we've never heard before. You know? And it's up to you, the listener, to make up your mind how you feel, and what you think after the fact. So, I'm not here to sway you one way or another, just providing facts from Chasen Rance's perspective. So, again, it's a three-part series, and we are going to kick off with part one of This is Chasen Rance, entitled, What the Hell Happened? Thank you, Duke, for having me. This
1: is the head trainer of the Team Vision Dojo, the pro wrestling vision promoter, uh, trainer to many, and a mentor to many as well, including those in WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, and more. My name is Chasen
0: Rance. You know, that's an interesting name you have there, too. Where does that name come from? I mean, were you really born Chasen Rance? Thank you. Um,
1: I really like my name. My, my full name is S. Chasen John Rance. Uh, The S comes from, I have a crazy story about how my mom did lots of drugs, but I don't want to go into that one. It's not a real one. My great aunt Selma died at a young age. And from what I was told in the Jewish religion, if a family member dies young, you take the first letter of their name, add it to the beginning of your name, and it's hopefully for like a blessing for a long life. Chasen is a name that my cousin godmother came up with just when all the girls were sitting around and my mom's middle name is robin r-o-b-y-n so i got c-h-a-s-y-n john was after john lennon but my grandmother thinks it was john f kennedy jr but she knows now but still the same and Rance, my dad is from england Rance. so that's my real name s chasing john
0: Rance or Rance in america in england that, that's, <laughs> anyway. that's incredible it was, it was almost like uh they were setting you up to be involved in some form of entertainment with a name like that. There's no two ways about it. Um, uh, they, they kind of were.
1: And it's a nice name. We all have cool names. My little brother's name is Ashton. A-S-H-T-Y-N.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you, you got a pretty big resume, Jason, uh, just listening to you introduce yourself and, and point out a few of your, your accolades that you, you want to be most well-known for. Um. How does it feel to be a guy that legitimately, I mean, you're the talk of the town on a a pretty regular basis there, Uh, just from a general standpoint, how does that feel?
1: Um, It's got its ups and it has its downs because I have, I have so many people that reach out to me and check on me to see if I'm okay. And people that in, in big companies, people that have been in big companies that'll send me screenshots of this, that, or whatever, a lot of times I tell them, thank you, but no thanks. I'm hanging out by the pool or I'm working out or like right now I'm walking my dog, Charlie. I have a lot of things going on and I have so much business stuff and I have a lot of personal friends and family that I like to hang out with. So I try not to pay attention to that stuff all the time. Uh, but it's nice when it's good stuff.
0: Well, yeah. And, and you know, there's even to this day, there are a lot of uh, big name wrestlers who they post videos of themselves training with you and at your facility and, and all that good stuff there. So it's, it's pretty clear that you do have your support system. There's no two ways about that. And people continue to go to you. Um, I think it's fair to say you're a world class trainer, right? I
1: would agree with that. I've ha- I have a lot of uh, WWE legends uh, that come to me that send their kids to me. And pretty much everybody knows my situation. There were a lot of people around the situation, what was going on. So it's just a different world today. Now, why so many people speak about it with uh, these speaking outs and just people are misdirecting things at times, but I think I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah, lots of people that come to train me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a smart guy. I was uh, gifted in school. I was always uh, working towards this a little bit more background on me, my cousin, Howard Rapp cousin howie was a partner in uh, icw in new york so i went to some independent shows when i was really little and he also helped promote wwf shows uh, i believe in the garden and other places like that um i i was young so i don't remember everything but i do remember being at some of these events and i was told like i'd sit on his arm couch and i would do this different i would do that different to where i started martial arts when i was six always wanting to be a pro wrestler at 15 and always just trying to learn and do whatever I can to really immerse myself in all aspects of professional wrestling. So while the goal was to get to WWF, now WWE or whatever the situation I see, there's just so much more to do and help so many people along the way. And if you see the people that have been really successful, it's the ones that have trained with other people and helped others and come along in a group. Uh, Just for example, like Chris Jericho and Lance Storm coming all the way through, they separate, they come back. And uh, it just, it just helps to have a system. And if I can help a lot of other people's do this, a lot of other people do this, I'm I'm really happy to. And it makes, it makes the world of difference for me.
0: So hold on, let me, let me uh, backtrack for a second there. You said that you've helped Chris Jericho and Lance Storm. No, I didn't say that. I said
1: uh, similarly where people do better by working together with other people. Gotcha. Like, and that was the example I used. The other one I would use would be uh, like, Benoit and Eddie and Malenko, but you know why some people don't talk about me. I don't usually mention Benoit.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Just trying to make sure that everybody's clear um, on what you're saying here because I definitely don't want. I to did not you.
1: help Chris Jericho or Landstorm <laughs> professional wrestling with their training or anything. I I I don't even know if I've met Landstorm before. I've i I've, I've met Jericho a few times backstage at a WWE doing extra work or. At a concert where I was putting on wrestling and he was putting on uh, music or some other situations too, but I did not train them.
0: Well, and I think they're a little older than you anyway. So that would have been an interesting uh, thing
1: to explain (laughs) there. Yeah.
0: I think they got a couple of years on you there, Chasing. Um, Oh, yeah. It's
1: amazing, though. I was just saying, just because
0: some people, it's like, wait, how
1: long have you been wrestling? You help this person, you help that person. It's like, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time, but not that long.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, you're known for having um, a safe and and reliable ring as well. So Mm -hmm. I know that there are a lot of promotions that use your ring, right?
1: Yes. Uh, So my initial rings, oh man, just, you know, I've been wrestling since I first started training in late 98. And, you know, Rusty Brooks, who was my first trainer, my main trainer, who I say I got my elementary school training from uh, great fundamentals through the Malenko system. He, uh, you know, told me how to test rings and stuff and then seeing how he built his own ring. And when I, was, when I graduated from college and I wanted to start a business, uh, you know, I went to high spots who I've had a good relationship with and got two rings from them. And then my most recent ring uh, was built by Bob Rosen, which is what we used for that New Japan event uh, a couple of years ago in uh, the Daytona Ocean Center. And I have uh, Brian Martin who was an apprentice of Bob Rosen, who I've known Bob Rosen since I was 18 when I first moved up to Orlando, how he's been the ring technician for TNA and now impact. i uh, sorry. And now uh, AEW and almost went to WWE, but they have a great ring guy as well. So I always try to make sure everything is as safe as possible and as best as possible. Plus like when I was renting into MLW, like they had certain situations here, or there, like make sure this doesn't slide off of the ropes, things like that. So I do my best because like I try to put forth maximum effort in everything I do.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's interesting because, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of people that talk about you talk around you. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet one of the main facts that there are is, is the fact that you are a guy, one of the few guys who has a ring that just about everybody wants to use because it's safe because you and your crew bring it, set it up, break it down and, For the most part, it's it's uh, no fuss once the business gets done there. So that's a that's always an interesting thing to me to say, well, if this guy is such a big deal or such a bad deal, then why the hell are you using his ring? Um, So for for the most part, there's actually a lot of people
1: for the most part, because there's actually a lot of people that I don't allow into my ring. There's a lot of people I won't
0: rent my ring to. That is an interesting fact there. okay, okay.
1: I have a list of about
0: 100 people. Okay, what's 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 some of the things that will get a person um, on that list to not be allowed to use your ring? Publicly talk crap about me online
1: or lie about me Um, or hurt someone that has done hurt someone that I'm associated with or anything that is uh, anything that's just too much of an issue. Like uh, I've had a promoter. That was lying about uh, about using me on events after my situation and then just lying about a bunch of things. And my former uh, student, uh, personal advisor, current VP of MLW, Mr. St. Laurent, like would call him out on it. Uh, So one promoter, when he asked to rent my ring, I think I tripled the price on him and then gave him a list of all these people he couldn't have on the event plus aside from tripling it, it also included putting a bunch of my students on the event. And I don't do this to anybody normally when they're trying to book the ring, but if someone is being a POS, then, you know, if you want to work with me, it's gotta be this. And then the promoter's like, wait, why, why is my name on the list? I'm like, well, do you remember saying this? He's like, I'm sorry. And uh, actually this is another situation that popped up. Uh, Who was the uh, wrestler? I don't, you might not even remember. That was Vicky Guerrero's boyfriend for like a week on SmackDown. Yeah, I I don't
0: even remember that one.
1: But I was running an event and I had like Lindsay Dorado and Jesus Ricardo Rodriguez and a bunch of other uh, Spanish wrestlers. And he's like, where was my invite? I'm like, weren't you the guy? I'm like, hey, you want to check out this article? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't cut it.
0: That's that's interesting. That's very interesting because, you know, no one is going to be doing much pro wrestling without a ring in most cases there. So that's Mm a that's a hard way to go, so to speak there. Um, in most
1: cases, and if it's something where it, where it has justifiable means, or they question certain things? I can have a discussion, but if you're going to go out there and, and speak lies, then then we have an issue.
0: Well, let's speak the truth. Let, let's let's okay. let's dig right into this here, Jason, uh, because mm-hmm. we've given some background mm-hmm. on who you are in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about, from your perspective, why the people who do. Call you out and, and say a lot of negative things about you. Why they're doing what they're doing? So, so let's start from the beginning here. Um, mm-hmm. You do have a criminal record, mm-hmm. and, and you have some things on that record. Um, uh-huh. Most notably, there's a there's a charge of of as sexual assault. I guess is that the way to the the, the proper way to describe no. it. There. Okay, no. so no. I'm gonna, gluten, I'm, gonna gluten, I'm gonna stop talking resiliate. for a second. And I'm going to let you please. Can you can you educate everybody listening? What the hell happened? What what what, is, what really is going on there? All right, we got a
1: few minutes for me to divulge into the whole thing, or should I make it kind of quick and get to the get to the
0: get to the main part? No, sir. I I, w- I want you to have all the room in the world. That's the that's one of the main points here that we don't we don't hear enough from you, you know, for various reasons. So it's like you know this is this is a once. Well, once and for all chance here, let's hear from Chase and Rance himself. So, please, the floor is yours 100%. Okay. I was charged with lewd and lascivious battery
1: of a minor. And initially, the charge was rape because of the situation that I'm going to go into now. And it dates back to the beginning, kind of. So, when I first started wrestling at 15, 16, I was in high school and... Uh, when I was getting ready to graduate, when I was getting ready to graduate, my uh, girlfriend, my high school sweetheart at the time, kind of made me pick between her and wrestling. And I'm like, this is my passion. I love you. Um, we we're each other's first and everything. But, you know, this is really what I want to do. And uh, she also cheated on me. But whatever. Um, actually, around the time, so when I'm leaving for college, I actually, the girl that I got in trouble with, is my grandmother's boyfriend's daughter. Uh, I met her when we were both minors and it was always something where my grandmother and her father were, oh, you guys would be such a cute couple. And it was kind of like, okay, uh, in the future maybe. She, she, was a, she was an aspiring actress in LA from England and, uh, never thought much of it just like, okay. Uh, anyways, fast forward. She'd always come to visit her. My grandmother started dating this man, her father. Uh, he lied about a couple things. I, I spoke to him on the phone the other day cause oh man, I'm jumping around in place, but I went to WrestleMania with one of my students on Sunday, uh, actually multiple students. I brought them there cause I like them to, uh, you know, see the stuff when they're in town and, 45 minutes before it started, he had a seizure and it was one of my best students. And I I held him the whole time. We have, we have, I I filmed it just to make sure nothing happened wrong. I gave it to him. Uh, We left. um, Anyways, he had a seizure. I had to call uh, the girl's father later that night because he used to be a neurologist uh, just to check in with him. So I have a good relationship with him. As well, him and my grandmother actually just got married the other day. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, came up to college, continued wrestling. I actually, my parents made me quit wrestling right around that time as well, because I got a really bad concussion that gave me temporary amnesia. Uh, my girlfriend and I had broken up right before the incident, and then people at school had to tell me that we broke up. I went up to college in Orlando from Miami. And I started wrestling under another mask. I was first wrestling as El Lobo in uh, Miami and Hollywood and Fort Lauderdale, and West Palm Beach. Eventually, I took the mask off, got the mask taken off as El Lobo chasing rants. They just wanted to cover me up because having my first matches at 16, 135 pounds, I'm a little small and they want to not make it look a little ridiculous. Um, I came up here, I started being the DTW ninja where I got involved with a. Uh, a promotion, Chris Carson, where he's uh, been a mayor of uh, DeBerry up here. Uh, I still have close ties with him. Uh, so my parents don't know I'm wrestling. Eventually my mom found my website, uh, actually had gone to, Oh, okay. So between that 2001, I'm up here in college, 2003, I get invited to do a new Japan tryout in California. Uh, Oh, okay. This is a different story in California is where I just did some training. That's what I consider my middle school training where uh, Rocky Johnson was the Rocky Johnson. Rocky Johnson is actually one of my original coaches along with rusty Brooks. Rocky Johnson was there the warlord. Uh, other people you might not know, like Billy Fives was really good, but then there's other Bruno Sassi and soul man, Alex G. Um, but I did the new Japan dojo. and My partner in the thing was uh, TJ Perkins, who I still keep in touch with. Um, In 2006, though, I went to California to wrestle for Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. And I have a friend who I went to like grade school with, summer uh, summer camp with. And uh, when he saw the group I was with, and he says to me, I'm 23 at the time, he's 23. He said, hey, uh, is that girl with you? I said, excuse me? He's like, that one over there. I'm like, she's part of my crew. I'm not seeing her. He's like, do you mind if I talk to her? I said, how old do you think she is? He's like, 21, 22. I said, she's 13. He's like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, At the time in California, I was actually going to, when I I was there, I was seeing another girl in California that was a year younger than me. So I'm 23. She's 22. Um, Typically, all my relationships are around my age or I've dated women that have been older. And even when I was younger, uh, I've had older women that have I've had girls that are older, that are a couple of years older, the ones that would drive me and my friends around and hang out and tell us some stuff to even uh, uh, family friends who were older women that would, you know, do stuff. But I was always really good about uh, taking care of myself and not doing anything uncomfortable. Um, So anyways california i'm 23 13 (laughs) no uh my grandmother and her father who they were living together i jumped past this but she put an ad out for uh a gay roommate so she just didn't have to worry about uh any situations her and my grandfather had just gotten divorced again uh my grandfather is henry german i'm still trying to figure out like the whole situation with what happened i I was born a millionaire, and by the time I was five, uh, the stock market had crashed. My grandfather had invested all these people's money into the stock market, and I believe he lied saying it was an insurance thing, and he was making everybody lots and lots of money, but he was doing it in the stock market. And when the stock market crashed, and he tried putting all of his money into other stocks, and it kept going down, and he fled the country. I'm four at this time. So I don't know what's going on. I used to go to all different countries all the time to five, my parents getting divorced, being homeless. Um, So at six, like we don't have a home. Um, Another situation happened like that when I was 20, where my dad learned a lot from my mom's father and did really well in real estate. But, you know, sometimes that bubble bursts as well. So it's like one day you could have a million in the account. And the other day you owe a lot, a lot of money. And I don't think my dad did anything ever facetious or anything. Um, so it's always kind of always been a thing like where I said, I'm a business guy and all I've always been working. I've been making money since elementary school. Not that this was the best, but like I'd see the candies in Publix, our, our grocery stores, this, and then I'd bring them to school and sell them. No, sorry, that was middle school. In elementary school, I won uh Jolly Ranchers, because I guessed how many Jolly Ranchers there, and I'd sell them and I almost got suspended, but they realized they gave me the Jolly Ranchers. But I've always been a business guy to even uh, in high school where it got to, I'm a really, I can bake really well. And I never really wanted to do marijuana. And again, I know I'm jumping around, but there's a lot. Um, my mom brought me up never smoking cigarettes, never eating any mammals. So no animals that nurse their young. I've never eaten a uh, hamburger. Um, sorry, I'm not getting emotional about not eating red meat or anything like that, but just, there's a lot. Um, never smoked a cigarette in my life. My mom used to tell me when I was growing up, like, Hey, marijuana is not bad. Um, She told me, like when she was younger, like people would do cocaine and things like that, but now you never know what's going on with it, what it's cut with. So I've never done that. And coming up at six years old as a martial artist, wanted to be a pro wrestler, and actually also training for the UFC and MMA, where my sensei Michael Kaplan would sit me down with the original UFCs and watch them when I was young and watch blood sport and prepare for that. It was actually when he got a cocaine problem where I kind of made sure that my main focus was wrestling, but I was going to open a wrestling dojo uh karate dojo in the future when this legal stuff happened i just didn't want to do the karate thing anymore cuz just not that i didn't want to do the karate but as far as teaching kids it was just going to be such an uphill battle where it's easier what i'm doing now telling my kids and their parents about these things but <sighs> jumping back being raised middle school selling stuff high school i would make eventually like a, my high school sweetheart she was the one that was interested in trying pot and i'm like okay uh so i did it with her and it's funny because when i was hanging out with uh, one of these times a while ago if you watch this video on youtube it's low-key homicide in me and i've never really publicly spoken about it uh and i guess i won't really but prior to that we were talking you'll see the cop killer double stomp it's a crazy bump i took i won't take again um uh loki was asking he's like oh like the wrestlers got you involved in pot and it's like uh Rusty Brooks' son, j Dog, Jeff Brooks, he would try to like, oh, come smoke, come hot box. No, 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 no. I'm like, no, it was a girl. Um, But marijuana's opened actually a lot of doors. And I know those rumors online about me selling pot. And I don't do that. Um, I have a medical card now. Um, Again, I'm jumping all over the place and we might get to that. But um, I sold pot brownies while I was in school. Uh, so I was always doing something to make money. And then when I was going to, uh, college, like I said, I got the injury, my parents in that they just wanted to make sure that I was in school. I never really had to have a real job. Like I taught at summer camp, like I was a counselor. Um, but I always worked really hard on my grades. Like I mentioned, I was a gifted student and it was just always do your grades. And while I was doing that, I would also do work for my dad with real estate. Um, I would do all the leases. I would do all the computer work. Uh, my mom. my mom. She eventually got into advertising when, when she was young, she didn't have to work. She got into advertising. Now she, uh, is a wine sommelier and she puts on the American fine wine competition and we do wine events. And, uh, typically it's all American wines. I've gone to her with California. I've gone with her to California to Napa Valley and Mendocino County and all these other places doing, uh, work with her in wine in the past few years also. Um, even when I was dealing with some probation that we'll get to, um, California wrestling for PWG the girl she invited me to stay with her cuz my grandmother and her father would have us talk on the phone or AOL instant messenger oh talk to her please talk to her she's an actress she's trying to do better she'd like to talk. she you know she likes you and yes uh you know in the future it would be cute for you guys and i said okay and we actually had a discussion at one point that maybe when I'm 35 and she's 25 and we're established in our careers that maybe it could be something. And this was something that was spoken about with my grandmother and her father. And my mom knew the situation and my dad knew the situation and just, and we didn't really think too much of it, but she would come to visit when she was 14 and I'm 24. Uh, my grandmother, the father, her, and she had an older sister as well. Uh, She and the older sister and I, we were friendly. They tried to set us up too when I was wrestling in North Carolina, she was uh, there and she was a fashionista, but like, just, we didn't really click. She was a very nice girl, but the other one, uh, she just was always interested. And I thought her acting was really good. She was uh, when she was 14, like I mentioned, when they were staying here, uh, she tried getting a little too close to me on a couch when we were watching some horror movie and I just had to move away. And eventually I just told the family, I said, Hey, I'm going upstairs as they were like getting ready, and I just I didn't want to be left alone with her. And and I'm not trying to blame her or anything, and I and I don't try to victim blame or anything like that. Um, she's a very nice girl, and I don't know if it was then or shortly after that, but she randomly messaged me online and let me know she lost her virginity. And I said, Whoa, like I know we talk about, that, but Like, and, 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 you know, I don't want to get in trouble the way I did. And I did get in trouble. And I, you know, I don't, I don't want that. And like looking back, it's like, what was I thinking eventually? And that wasn't when she was 14, a year later, my uh, high school sweetheart was back in my life. Um, We're best friends, but we're not dating each other. Um, I'm kind of a, wreck because I have her around me. And and the girl I got in trouble with, she I see her like once a year when she visits or twice a year when she visits and she writes me online and I try not to keep it too much. But like if I'm on the phone with my grandmother or with her father and she's around or something, we'll talk. She's even shown up to parties for my stepsister when she thought I was going to be there. And wears some of the most provocative stuff and like made my sister cry because she thought I was going to be there. And just like, and it's a whole thing. So Um, there's a bunch of letters written about me through my legal stuff, but, uh, uh. so my high school sweetheart and I have plans to go to the cauliflower alley club in 2008 myself. I signed up to be a lifetime member. I signed her up for a year and, uh, it was us two, Mr. St. Laurent, uh, one of my other students who also works for MLW, Josh Hess. Uh, that's his wrestling name i don't know if he uses that as his real name i I know what his real name is but if he, whatever um we had another female with us and uh the original i believe in wrestling promoter that i had broken into the business that i had helped out that i met back in early 99 at an fow event in south florida that said he was interested in this stuff and i just said i'd you know if you ever need me we'll be around eventually when i came up to ucf he was in the uh the AEPI, Alpha Epsilon Pi fraternity that I joined uh, when we had to kidnap the brothers. He was one that they had selected. So I said, okay, I'll get him. I invited him over. Uh, Oh, hey, there's the promoter over there. Sit down and we kidnapped him. But, you know, as an apology, and I would have done this anyway, I introduced him to the SCW promoter, the one that was the mayor. Um, And we've dealt with other mayors too lately. Uh, So I helped him out. He talks a lot of crap online about me on Twitter and it's incredible. And it's like, I did so much for you. Maybe sometimes I was cocky and all there were definitely times when I was cocky and thought highly of myself, but I was at one point, one of the top like independent guys that was, where was I going to sign? But a lot of people in wrestling today don't know that or see that there are ones that like how you mentioned people in these bigger places that talk well about me. Uh, I'll throw an example out there. Uh, Alistair Black, Tommy, and when he was coming here, when I was running an event with Evolve for an I Believe in Wrestling pay per view, where my roommate Larry Zabisco and Mr. St. Laurent, who used to be my roommate, were doing commentary for it. And I have, I was training Thea Trinidad at the time, who that's how she met Tommy and that's how they got together. Um, She wrestled Amber Nova on the event, who I trained. Uh, There was a bunch of my guys on that. Uh, Tommy, when he was Evolve, said, Hey, Jason, can you house? Tommy. I said, yeah, of course. I have a six bedroom house. Uh, This past time when the real estate market in like 06, I bought a house and then 08, everything dropped, but it was like a good price on a house. And I just use it to help house other wrestlers to (laughs) uh, rehab for our truth. When he blew out his knee and TNA sent him to a hospital down here, but no place to stay. And they even took the payment out of his paycheck, but we were close. So I let him stay with me to when Larry Bisco moved in with me, when uh, Morphoplex stopped sponsoring his place in Cocoa beach. And he's loved it here. And he's been so awesome. It's been such a great influence. Scott Hall was living down the road, but now he's in Atlanta, but he almost moved in at one point. Uh, Conan's used my address before Teddy hearts lived here. Um, and um, other people too, but <sighs> cauliflower alley club. My high school sweetheart and I were sitting down uh, at one of the hotel, not one of the at one of the big uh, areas on the Strip, and we saw cubic zirconium rings on the side, and we're like looking at each other and smiling. We kept joking about the marriage thing. I was dating uh, this girl, Cat. Cat uh, can be seen with me in Ring of Honor. And FIP events, she was the main one where she did so well. She was a former cheerleader, uh, really good shape, really peppy. And she worked the gimmick really well where she was getting paydays and FIP. And I don't think she had a payday in Ring of Honor, but um, I actually met her while I had Another one of my girlfriends who came to a show with one of her girlfriends where they were my valets for the YRR, Young, Rich, and Ready for Action, which was when I came into FIP because Jamie Noble told Gabe Sapolsky, hey, you should use this guy. And we were running a camp together. Um, Eventually, Gabe realized, like, he saw me as a, like, just the way he saw tendencies, that he saw me as a heel. And Scott Hall's always like, Jason, you're such a better heel. Like people that know me know I'm a good guy, but certain tendencies, if you don't know me, and I'm very serious, and there's a lot of people that don't like me online from years past because I'm so serious, whether I don't like this or I don't like that, or I explain it, and I express myself, but I do it in a passionate manner. And if you want to come back at me and passionately speak to me about something, heck yeah, we can talk about this. And I've had talks with like the wrestlers, but then there's other ones that might just go behind my back and say, he's a jerk, or use more profane words. (sighs) We're looking at those cubic zirconium rings and, oh, uh, sorry. Let me jump back to where Amanda, the one I was on Tool Academy with her and Michelle, who they're my valets. I'm an FIP. Gabe saw me, said, you'd probably be better as a heel, right? I said, yep. And uh, with a smirk on my face and they had a group with me and Steve Madison. It was supposed to be called Madison Inc., but it was kind of based off my real life situation, how I, if you watch, if you watch Young Rock and you see Rocky Johnson, he's always driving a nice car. Um, That's something my dad. It's like, oh, we can get a nice car, and then just trying to make sure balancing the money. And over the years, when I've had lots of money to having no money, or not actually myself at time, but family, it's not real. The money's not real. The happiness is real. So that's why I try to not see all the negativity out there, and I try to just do good things for people. And why I have so many people that back me. There's so many ways to make and lose money, and things to do that I try not to focus on that. Um, (laughs) Jumping all around. Uh, Amanda got too high eating one of my cookies and I saw a girl front row. And yes, I've been when I'm not too serious about things like I just, I've had bunches, lots of girlfriends at times, all been of age, all know the situation on Mr. St. Laurent's old message board. I used to have a top five of who I was dating and my high school sweetheart was always, At the top, because while we were dating and but we weren't we weren't intimate. Um, She was always number one and she knew that. And when we were in Vegas. We said, hey, you want to we talked about it and. uh, We talked about getting married, which we had talked about when we were in high school, and this is seven, eight years later. And so we got the ring. I sent a picture to my stepsister, just figuring she'd be the one to blab it to everybody. And within moments, both her and I were getting blown up with, whoa, congratulations, blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, so when we came back, we were going to be serious. She was moving in with me. She had, uh, she had just graduated college. I had just graduated shortly before that. Um, but something was weird. Uh, she stayed with me for two months and she wanted to have. When I first came back, the first thing I did is I went to a uh, cat's place and broke up with her right away. And Danielle, the high school sweetheart, accused me of uh, sleeping with her. And I said, I swear I didn't. I even told her, Kat said she was ready to jump on me. And I stopped her and I told her. And Kat was very happy for me because when I first started dating her, I said, Hey, I have a trip with my ex, my best friend, my ex girlfriend, my best friend. We're going to Vegas at this time. Nothing goes on with us, but in the future we talk about it. So something might happen. So going into the relationship, Kat even knew that. So when I told her about that, she said, I understand. And she thanked me, but I came back and things were different. I didn't know what was going on since like the end of the trip. Fast forward two months and we're in the night of question of what happened where I, the thing that got me in trouble. Danielle was supposed to come stay upstairs with me, but she said she wanted a separation period. She stayed in the downstairs room, uh, currently rented by Tim Zabisco. And I'm like, okay. So we're in August, it's 2008. I believe in wrestling is in full swing. It's uh, considered one of the top promotions in Florida. I'm helping run other shows too. Mr. St. Laurent and myself are helping other people. We were running an event in South Florida. I think it was UEPW or whatever it was. (sighs) Um, My thumb was messed up. I was in a cast. I was wrestling Craig Classic. He was a former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion who relinquished the title when Joey Machete, the Sheik, was stripped of the NWA world heavyweight title, someone that I came up with. And Craig Clask is someone that I helped a little train uh, to where even when I came back to training and help with Rusty, Rusty's training and flex training. And they're like, you're wrestling like Malenko. And I said, thank you. And later when I was training at a school and helping where it was me, Spanky, uh, Michael Shane, uh, Matt Bentley, uh, AJ Gallant, who was the owner. And then later, Jamie Noble and I went to our own place after the Dudleys who had came in uh, kind of took over and I, I, I don't know the exact story, so I don't want to say what happened, but it closed down that school. They opened their school. Um, they said, you wrestle like Dean Malenko. And I said, thank you. And fast forward a little bit more when I'm training with Scott Hall and everything. And he eventually says, he says, Hey, uh, you're wrestling like Dean Malenko. And I said, thank you. And he said, that's not a compliment. I'm like, Whoa, tell me more because I want to be a sponge. I want to know. And Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Larry Zabisco are the ones I've probably learned the most from as far as like the top, top stuff. Um, He said, Dean Malenko, I'd call him Dino Machino. He'd go out there, wrestle a great match for 20 minutes. Everybody would clap. It was really good. I'd go out there for eight minutes. I'd slick my hair, throw a toothpick, say, hey, yo. And the crowd goes, put on more of a show. I'm like, oh, thank you, Scott. And he said that to me right before one of my matches with, uh, uh, before he's like, don't forget, it's a show. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I had all these cool wrestling spots. I'm like, I could do that, but I need to open it more. I need to do more, bigger, incorporate this, incorporate that. Anyways, wrestling in South Florida, Craig Classic, his debut match was against me as well. Uh, they wanted us to do a 30-minute Broadway. And for those that don't know, a Broadway is a time limit draw wasn't going to happen. The show didn't make something like that. Mr. St. Laurent Laurent and I helped fix the card. MSL helped teach me to book where I learned learned a lot of stuff from Larry and Scott and and Kev. No, Larry and Scott more. Kev, a lot more business things. Um, But MSL learned from Bobby Rogers, who was trained by Buddy Rogers. So that was a lot of good stuff. And then just sitting in the rooms and then out in TNA a lot of times discussing different philosophies and psychology. Um, Anyways, we had the match. Uh, I remember there was some DQ uh, gimmick with my thumb and maybe my grandmother's crutch or something. I don't know. I think I don't remember exactly, but the whole point after the event's over. It's uh, me, uh, Kirby Mack, him and TJ Mack team action which aren't really well known anymore but they were like the next hardy boys they were trained by the hardy boys such good guys and it and it sucks that like people over the years are just gonna get lost in time like when i was coming up like aj styles who was just around like starting a little bit before me was doing really good is doing really great but there were other guys like a jason cross that never got to do things and and i had another oh and reckless youth other guys like that that maybe jericho mentioned in his book once um So jumping around again, we're getting ready to leave the South Florida show. We got two carloads and the girl's there. She's 15 at the time. She looks like she's in her twenties. She's again, we, we, we have conversations. We talk, uh, there's some family events that we're at. Nothing has ever happened with us physically. Um, she's with one of her girlfriends. That's also 15 They look older. They act older. If I hadn't mentioned before, she was in college right now. I think it was at uh, UCLA. Really smart. She skipped through high school so quick. She was was an actress that was doing really well in LA. Um, Eventually on this trip that happened, she did a monologue for me, and she could have been a huge star. Um, And just stuff with the mom. But she asks her dad if the two of them can come up to Orlando with us. And again, we have two carloads, guys, girls, and we said, "Oh, uh, we, we worked it out to where they could come and they could take a train back a couple of days later, just there in town from uh, California for a little over a week. And sometimes uh, I think the next year we went to like a theme park and stuff, but uh, you know, what? what's my grandmother and her father, her father, I found out through this whole thing actually is a sex offender as well, who was a neurologist that allegedly touched patients, but. He says, it's not true. I don't know. I wasn't there. He's also 20 years older than her mother. All this stuff I found out after my legal situation. We figure out a plan for them to come up and Danielle, my high school sweetheart is supposed to stay in the bedroom with me. And the two girls are supposed to stay in the bedroom downstairs. We go up to Orlando from Deerfield and getting ready to go to sleep. And Kirby Mack, who is always kind of like the partier. Um, and again, there were other times, and you know, here's here's some scumbag stuff that you can call me out on. And it was kind of just the way growing up in Miami, like, you know, hey, uh, and like, one time I got drunk, it's me, Kirby, TJ, TJ Mack. And his girlfriend, we're just having a conversation about how she, he won't have sex with her. And I'm just joking about how, well, if you don't, I'm, I am eventually to where he had sex with her and he'd already had sex with her before. I'm not sure what the whole situation was, but it was like playful banter. But it cost me a booking in North Carolina It cost like me, Mr. St. Laurent and SoCal Val who were team vision, me, Mr. St. Laurent and SoCal Val Larry's Bisco, initially Manny Montana, but he disappeared. Larry Zbysko, we brought him to the fold. There's a lot there. But again, let me get back to the party where I first started my wrestling school in 2002 in uh, TNT, Kenny G's father's backyard, who was the grandfather of a WWE superstar female wrestler, but to the party that wasn't supposed to happen, uh, Kirby starts saying we're going to party. It's like, no, we're supposed to have the party tomorrow night after the I Believe in Wrestling event. It's late because we got back. I don't know if it was like one, two, three, because jump ahead. I know the incident happened at seven in the morning. <sighs> Things had been going rough with uh, Danielle and I. I didn't know what was going on, but we weren't being intimate. Uh, we, we The only thing that, right before we got engaged was we'd kiss and then Once we got engaged, she gave me the ultimatum stuff, but then she also stopped kissing and like went to the downstairs room. So I knew something was wrong and it was just messing with my head a lot. And I still have the other girls cats checking in on me. And then even Amanda, the one I dated before that I eventually later went on the reality show tool Academy just to get a job with WWE before all this stuff blew up. Um, It was well to negotiate with WWE actually signed with another company. Um, They would talk to me and I believe there were other girls. I, I, there was a police officer that I also uh, had a thing with that she found me on MySpace and started talking to me. I eventually asked her, I said, how many people did you reach out? She said, three. I said, how many did you like cook up with? She said, just you were the only one that caught my attention and kept it. Um, it was just really rough. So like Danielle wasn't doing anything. And then I remember us going to the store once and her phone's ringing. And like I go to get her for her because like her dad had uh, some health issues and he has since passed away. So I was always concerned about that. what are you doing? You're going through my phone. I'm like, and I had never touched her phone. I've never gone through a girlfriend's phone. And I think back in 2008, I don't even know if that was really a thing. I think I had a sidekick then (sighs) come to the party by the party. I found out that, uh, I don't want to say his name, but it was one of Steve Greeno's, uh, protégés. And I was close with, uh, Steve Carino, again, coaches, they sent Colby Carino to me a couple years ago. And Allison Danger, Steve's wife, used to stay here where I never had a thing with her, but one of her associates. Um, anyways, it was one of Steve, since we had gotten engaged or fake engaged or whatever it is, or decide we'd be together. Uh, when I went to go wrestle the event, the cauliflower alley club or go do this or something. And she said, she went shopping. She was, uh, sleeping with Carino's, uh, apprentice who I had known for a little bit and, uh, even during the trip, like this was going on the whole time. And I had like a nice talk with him. It was actually one of those passionate things where we were just discussing if a cruiserweight TJ Max should be hip tossing. Mr. St. Laurent who weighs more and just talk about the momentum. If they're coming off the ropes or this or that, whatever to like a thing. And I tell him like, Oh man, you're talking Dale, Dale Gagner, Dale Gagne, the AWA president is like, Oh man, I love this. I'm like, Oh man, I love you. Ricky. Oh, I said his name. Uh, and he just kind of like got it, it shut down a little bit. And I'm like, Something's weird. And eventually I realized that in that time, like she was cheating on me and so I'd gone back to uh, sleep I, earlier before that match. I slept with uh, Amanda and then at the party, uh, Danielle is supposed to stay in my bedroom. The two girls in the downstairs were hanging out by the hot tub. Amanda's at the party. There's a bunch of people here, some famous wrestlers. I think Larry had already gone to sleep at this time. Maybe. I don't know if he had been asleep. No, I don't know yet. By the time things got a little crazier, he went to sleep. Usually I even go to sleep early on my parties because I'll have students that'll be here to clean up. So like even in the future when it'd be me and my other, when things were even bigger and you can see online these 4th of July parties and stuff like that, where it says WWE, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Stars, hang out with whatever. I was charged with lewd and lascivious battery. I had a relationship with a girl who was near 16 when I was 25 and it was very wrong and bad and future attempts I turned them down and I'll get more into that but I never raped anybody I never forced anybody I never did anything like that I turned down future advances I was recorded by the cops and (sighs) (sighs) We're in the hot tub. I'm upset. Danielle is going around letting people smoke pot out of some, I don't know, big bowl. And Kirby is supplying uh, Jaeger. Uh, I always joke because I'd have Jaeger in the fridge because uh, in some of my dad's buildings that he uh, he would own buildings for businesses and also ones to uh, for homes, uh, different condos. He had a Red Bull machine, but it didn't really make much money. So he gave it to me. So I have it in my garage. So I'd always tell at the parties, oh, the Jaeger's free, but you have to pay $2 for the Red Bull in the garage. And Johnny Vandal, for example, who's doing incredible things in Panama right now, he moved to DR. He was one of the, the alternates to the Cruiserweight Classic. He joined Rusty Brooks School at 15 and lied and said he was 18. Rusty had me talk with him because I was always honest and upfront. And I sat Johnny down. I said, how old are you really? He's like 15 rusty he's 15 he's like what what?" i'm like it's cool we already knew you were young just be honest Uh, and always kind of took him under my wing because he was like the he was i was the smallest guy they had ever trained 130 pounds maybe when i started actually 125 because i had cut for amateur wrestling so martial arts did some amateur wrestling um very little but and they tried to recruit me back back right into pro wrestling uh johnny vandal was the funnest to rib multiple times with Ah, so much. Watch a match with me, Larry, and the Vandals in the very first I Believe in Wrestling event. Anyways, I think this is Believe 4, maybe. Johnny was the one that we'd rib about the machine, but everybody else. Two bucks for the Red Bull. The Jaeger's free. (sighs) Kirby's passing out Jaeger. Danielle's passing out Pot. I messed up. I'm upset emotionally, and I've been drinking, and I've been smoking. I don't do anything else. I've taken pain pills before when I've Got that really bad concussion. Uh, and if I didn't mention this where Dan- yeah, I did, where Danielle came to the hospital and told me we were still together and we broke up, um, aside from the wrestling, her cheating. <sighs> Allie and the girl and I, we kissed in the hot tub in front of everybody. I was drunk. She did not drink and she did not smoke. Yes. She took a little sip of one of the shot glasses and she didn't like it. And it wasn't offered by me. Kirby did. And I said, you don't need to. And if you don't drink, she says she drinks. And I've seen, I know of like family and other people and other people that tell me about these things. I'm like, look, like drinking, if you drink too much in excess and especially young, there's so much you could do to your liver. So don't. And, uh, She took a sip. I said, no, don't worry about drinking. And Danielle offered. She's like, I don't want to. No, I don't know. I think she took a little bit of a hit, but like just nothing. She was, she was sober. We kissed in the pool and Amanda was there and she's like, what the fuck? I was just drunk. And she wanted to kiss. She wanted things and she's very attractive. She looks like she's in her twenties. She's very smart, but I always had the block like, no, (laughs) that's illegal. And and it was always kind of like, uh, you know, the dad's saying, hey, go up, stay with Jason, whatever. Um, I'm a good guy. He had known me for many years. He'd known me for, I don't know if it was eight years by then. and knows my mother, my grandmother knows my mother, knows the family. I've had lots of mothers and fathers and stuff, and I've dated many women, and they're really happy with how I treat women. And it's really crazy. Some of the people that have spoken out about like thinking they're going to train with me or whatever one girl I saw online saying Jason was really charming he's a very nice guy and I was smitten by him even though I wasn't trying anything I was just being polite and I was ready to train with him but then I saw all the stuff online and like have a conversation with me and we can talk and that's where I've had a lot of students that either I've helped a lot and they've done really well and then either they go away And they don't stay good. Not that they don't stay good with me, but if they don't stay good with me, I don't do anything to jeopardize your career by any means. But sometimes they just don't get the training and the heart that I give all my students because I can't do anything right now. I can only make my students the best wrestlers, performers, even actors or whatever I can do because I have ties to movies, TVs. I've done lots of movies, TVs. I have family in there. I try to do whatever I can to help. We kissed. We kissed. Danielle, what are you doing? I'm like,
0: oh,
1: hey, like, thank you. Stop. Amanda cried and she left. And Danielle, can you take the girls and like put them in the downstairs room? We should all be getting to bed. Next thing I know, Danielle and Kirby are in the downstairs room, and they're talking. And uh, <sighs> the other 15 year old girl is like making out with is making out with uh, one of the other wrestlers. I think it was one of the other ones that came down from North Carolina. Um, I don't think there's anything too much and I'm just uh, whatever I was in another state my high school sweetheart are each other's first I turned down girls when I was younger for having sex like like I said I've had other instances with women but I didn't put myself in the situation to go all the way because I was waiting for the one and like that's what I was even though like my parents didn't stay together I'd see stuff in movies and the And I try to be a helpless romantic. And like, I don't know if a lot of people feel that way or not, or if just life gets them down and things change. So Danielle's in the downstairs room talking to Kirby. I'm trying to sleep on the one-seater couch. Uh, There's probably a lot of last calls with Scott Hall where you could see the couch. The couch is where we're there, where it's me, Scott, Larry, others, X-Pac, Ricky Ortiz, St. Laurent. Other women. Um, Sometimes I'm wearing a mask because I'm going through my legal situation. So Scott will just call me parts unknown. We were hoping everything would just go away. I just ended up in the wrong prosecutor's desk. But at the same time, I did something wrong. But I just don't think uh, this charge uh, really speaks for what it is or what people view me as. (sighs) They're talking and I can't sleep. They're just talking. I don't know what they're saying. I don't want to barge in. She's been so weird. She put like a uh, a, a lock kind of on her door not not a lock lock but would wedge her door in so like if she wasn't there something not that I wanted to spy on her but it's my house I just want to make sure things are always good my roommates know sometimes I'll go in there just to make sure if they're leaving cups around or glass or silverware, or whatever because sometimes they're bad and sometimes my roommates out there you know they're traveling at times um, I'm not a bitch boy by any mean I charge high rent uh, we have maids uh, but I just try to make sure everything is good between when they come I can't sleep down there because I just know something's going on. I know the stuff. So I, I'm not, I haven't been totally informed. Like what's going on? I know she's doing something. I don't know what's going on. I just know something. Larry's coughing, if you could hear that. Um, I go upstairs. I try to sleep on my ab lounge because I realized the girl was in my room. So I go to my gym area and I try to sleep on the ab lounge. And it doesn't work. And I go to my room and it's like seven in the morning. I think this is what I remember. Again, this is 13 years ago. And I've read studies. Like when you recall your memories, it's like just a, a, a relapse of each time. So you keep forgetting a little bit more and I'm not sure how much that's true and all um, seven in the morning. Again, we've never done anything. I'm, I'm drunk. I might be sober enough. I'm just like hungover. I'm tired. Just had this wrestling match. Oh, also at the same time, I'm dealing with, uh, AWA issues. Cause this is right, right, uh, around the time that Dale is dealing with issues with WWE. Um, cause his real name is Dale Gagner and he tried dropping the R and we just played it up. Oh yeah. It's a uh, Vern's, uh, excuse me, relative, as opposed to, um, just somebody that worked for Vern and Larry's with us. we have been working together for a long time. I helped continue Larry's career from like 2004 on and Mr. St. Laurent and myself always keeping him busy where we could always tag. And I would do tag matches with him and I do 90% of the wrestling in the ring. He does 10%. We get our pay. He gets 90% of the pay. I get 10% of the pay. Not really. His pay rate was just, you know, 10 times higher than mine at times, sometimes not that higher, but, um, I go to the bedroom and I'm in there and she cuddles up to me and we cuddle and I'm just a wreck. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what's going on. And this girl, she's very beautiful. She's smart and we start kissing. (sighs) One thing leads to another. Uh, We're touching and she's the one that says, get a condom. And I got a condom. We had sex. Uh, uh, It wasn't her first time. It wasn't her second time. And after me, it wasn't her last time before all the legal stuff happened. Um, From what she had told me with the legal stuff, before the legal stuff happened, she had two partners before me, one after me. According to her sister, to my brother, she made some lewd comment about how she always has, I don't even want to say it. Again, because I don't know if that's true. My brother also it can be facetious at times. Uh, so hearing that from my brother, my brother, I love him. My mom says I was the gift and he was the challenge. He, I was the first of the whole generation and I kind of got praised and I don't know what Ashton is. I love Ashton. I, I know because I hear from his uh, ex-wife's girlfriend's just, he's jealous of me. And I, and I hate that. Um, I came up with the money and he kind of didn't. So he feels like he was shortchanged there, but really we're five and two. Like he doesn't know. Um, I did better in school. Uh, there was a time when we were younger, when uh, I'd always get blamed for stuff as the older brother, but it was always him. He was just kind of ai I don't know what the situation was. My grandmother talks about when he was two or one, And he points at his cheek to like get a kiss and she leans in to kiss him and he hits her. And she just always thought like, and I'm like, ah, there's something there. And I was always the sweetest kid. And I was like, maybe I try to stand out a little bit much. Like my mom, not having to work with my grandfather being a millionaire, she would help out at mommy and me or at my preschool with, uh, at the, uh, at the, uh, at the synagogue, at the, at the temple, I mean, as much money my grandfather put in so much back to the community, uh, I think it was the, uh, his, his mother's name was on the synagogue. My name was on the synagogue, not my, not my name. There actually was a Chasen building in Miami. Um, it was on 441. Uh, years later, when my dad had a building, he named it the Ashton building for my brother, but it wasn't as big. And he always even complained about that. I have an ashtray that I use for my medical marijuana that says Chasen building on it. Um, and my grandfather who recently passed away from COVID, uh, this past June, I have a big frame of me and him in there when the building was just being built and we have our construction hats on where I'm looking up to him and I, he'd always joke at holidays and stuff and pretend to give my grandmother a key, like there was hidden money, but there wasn't, if there was money, he would have given it back to the people. We wouldn't have been struggling like we were. There was no hidden money. He did what he could. A lot of people know that, but then just like how people speak poorly about him, about me, they speak poorly about him. We showered together after we had sex and one thing led to another. And uh, we were touching and, you know, it's all right, it happened. I'm still like, I don't know... I don't know if I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be drunk, but like sleep deprived or something or just not thinking or just the woman that I wanted to marry. I don't know what's going on. She's downstairs. Something's fishy and I'm being stupid. And a girl that loves me, cares for me, even though she's so young, she's 15, 16. She acts so smart. She's also gifted. She's in college when the, all the legal stuff went down before the legal stuff happened, I told the dad about what happened in between me, knowing well, I'll get to that in the shower. She says, do you have another condom? I don't think she used that words, but I just remember us having sex in the shower using a condom. I think I don't remember. Cause I know I have sex with other girls and there was another girl with a con- and these were all girls of age. Um, some with condoms Some without condoms It would just depend on the situation And I get tested And I'm clean And I know who I'm dating Um I know we had sex twice that night We might I don't know Yeah I don't know I, I'm going to assume it was in the shower And also with a condom We uh Slept in bed together. We cuddled in the police report. Like she talks about different things that aren't true. Like I locked the door. Yes. From the inside here, but to unlock the door, all she had to do was unlock it. If she wanted to, she tried telling her mom a bunch of things that were lies. And like, there was a bunch of things. She even dropped the case, but the state picked it up. There, it was, it was all a money situation without the father paying the child support. I'll get into that anyways 2008 August in the morning uh, how is the door locked if Danielle came in because we're laying in bed in the morning and I know I had I was, we were cuddling and I don't know if we moved away from each other when Danielle came in or what uh, Danielle just came in and she looked and she's like oh, and she walked out and I said, Hey, I'm so sorry. Like we shouldn't have done this. You know, we were supposed to wait until you were at least 18. If we did this and we discussed when we could have a, a real relationship um, that night when we had the actual party or that event. I mean, I had a uh, cat was in the crowd. Amanda was in the crowd. Cat came back. Cause I'd been, you know, hanging out with her and she lived in Ocala. Um, she came there. Uh, I think, I don't think Danielle was in the, in the crowd. I think she was, no, yes, she was in the crowd. The girl Allie was in the crowd and I might've even had another. I don't know. They all came to the parties. Everybody knew each other that night at the party. I wouldn't hook up with Allie. And I told her Amanda and Kat were fighting over me. Amanda a uh, cat tried getting Amanda to have a threesome and Amanda wasn't having it and uh just cuz Amanda didn't like cat I think anyways that's that's other stuff I hooked up with cat that night we slept together um Allie and her friends stayed I told the other wrestler I said hey not with the other one I believe I don't know, her name's Jasmine and I believe that was Jasmine. There was another friend that had been around at times, but all the friends like they, I don't believe they're friends with Allie anymore because it was like, how could you do this to chase and, Um, But again, the mother and the stepfather and not the stepfather. I have mentioned him. We hung out or the party at the party did all that. Uh, Said, you can't do that. The girls stayed down, the 15 year old stayed downstairs on the couch. Danielle stayed in the room with Kirby. No, not Kirby, she stayed by herself. Kirby, I don't know where everybody was at the next morning. Everybody's leaving. My students cleaned my house. The two younger girls are there. I think we hung out for like the day and I don't know what we did. And I had other people there too. And then I took them to the train station. That was it. Um, I found out then Dale Ganya told me exactly what was going on and said, You thought this happened? You thought she went uh to new york with this girl and that time no she went to new jersey with him i'm like oh man oh this all makes sense and the whole relationship with awa uh kind of fell apart after that and larry uh had lost the title somewhat but mr saint laurent came up there were a couple times where they had to put the belt back on larry we ended up having like three or four times so you have all these random awa world heavyweight champions out there and then eventually years later we had larry wrestle the chic awa versus nwa world title at the team vision dojo with all the japanese press and everything in front of like 20 people um i was supposed to wrestle lince dorado i think on the main event but i I had pulled something when i was out with scott i don't know what it was i was supposed to do another tournament i was out for a little bit and so i had sugar dunkerton uh pineapple pete who's somebody else that i helped so much with this gimmick who wanted to do a clothesline Clothesline on his i said why don't you do like a slam dunk where i can take a back bump like a like a clothesline. Then I'll feed around. You do another slam dunk, like air Jordan. I'll take it like a bulldog instead of clothesline clothes. I was like, Oh, maybe I'll do one. And then I'll do the clothesline. i like, all right, whatever. And then talk crap about me when you don't even know. Talk to me. <sighs> Next year, my grandmother said they were coming to visit Allie. Uh, her older sister, and one of the friends. I don't know if it was the same friend or the other one. Um, they invited me to stay at the Cocoa Beach Hotel with all of them. I'm like, oh, no, no, uh, I got stuck. Eventually, I had to go over there. The next day was our cousin Dylan's birthday, who was young at the time. I don't know if he was uh, nine or something. One of my cousins that uh, I still keep in into- I mean, well, cousin through family. His parents, <sighs> his mother was adopted when she was young. <sighs> I have a lot of family and friends and stuff. and We do lots of charity and not, no, they were not charity. Just lots of helping people adopted someone that had problems and then even adopted her son, <sighs> my grandparents, uh, best friends who had passed away. Anyways, I, I try to be there for him because he doesn't really have that. And he's got his uncle that takes care of him, but here nor there, but that was his birthday. Um, I get to the hotel. I, I don't know if it's like 1230 or one, maybe 1230. And I figure, okay, I don't want the situation to happen again. I figured the two 16 year olds and me, 26, 16 year olds will stay in their bed and I'll stay in the bed with uh, the older one who's uh, like in between our age and nothing will happen. The older sister and the friend stayed in one bed and Allie got into bed with me and things started to happen and I stopped her. I went to the bathroom, I took care of myself and I said, we can't do that. I'm sorry. The next day we went to the party we walked out on the beach some stuff happened and we stopped and then when we back back at my grandmother's house my grandmother asked me to come and I'm like and then sent me to uh, go pick up like a red box we're in 2009 by the way Um, 26 she's 16 um, she joked about going to the condom section I'm like no 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 Let's get a red box and get out of here. And I'm being playful with it. Cause I like, I do care about the girl. I do love the girl. We had a relationship where we cared about each other. We cared about each other's personal things. What was going on when she had boyfriends and stuff like that. Like, it's like, okay, just make sure he's treating you well. And I hope your career is going well and make sure you do this stuff. When and I was going to mention this one, she was here hanging out. She did a monologue for me. And I'm like, wow, this girl could be a star. <sighs> she had a crazy mother. The cop told me that as well. We get a movie, we go back to the house. We're all hanging out on like a couch, on a fold-out couch. And uh, eventually it's just me, her, the older sister. I don't know where her friend was. We're watching and all of a sudden she starts trying to go down on me. And I'm like, I run to the bathroom, I take care of myself. And I say, stop, we can't do that. I think I left. I think I left right then. I know we went to a water park. We were in South Florida at the time. So the party was in Cocoa Beach. I think maybe the next day we went to a water park in West Palm Beach. We held hands like a little bit, like we'd go on a ride together because it's like, we can't do this. So we went down on a tube together or something. I'd hold her hand and I'd tell her I care about her. And she'd talk about it. And I'm just like, we can't. And I don't know if that's mind manipulation or things like that. I'm not trying to. And whatever I did, I've told her like, I'm sorry. And I didn't mean to. And it didn't seem like it really hurt anything because like I said, she had relationships after me and plenty. And I know about them. And then even in the future, like she, she doesn't really really have a relationship with her father now, but she'd ask about me. And I'm like, can you do anything to fix this? Do you want to say anything? Like, what can we do? And her mother just had such a stranglehold over her. And it really hurt and I, I cared about her. I wanted to make sure she's okay. But anyways, parks, this and that, I go away. <sighs> Since that time, I'm trying to get in WWE. My career's going well. You know, I started in 98. I moved up to Orlando in 01. I started doing MLW in 03. I was a, I came in. I'm always trying to work, doing whatever I can. Ring crew, drive people around. What do you need? You come into my town, I'll help you. Never coke, anything like that. You need a little bit of pot. I can spare a little pot. Can I get you a lot? No. Do you want some of mine? Sure. Are you going to take advantage of me? No. Will you try? Maybe. And you'll learn. I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but I'm going to let you know. I'm not a mark. I'm a businessman. I have skills. I have skills inside and outside of the ring. And that's why I continue to flourish doing what I'm doing, even with all the hate. MLW. MLW. Oh, four. I go to TNA. I'm traveling around. I did my training. I met Teddy Hart. I really looked up to the Hart family. He mentioned opportunities to go train in the Hart dungeon. I ended up being the last student, even though some documentaries will say Teddy Hart, some documentaries will say TJ Wilson, Tyson Kidd. But if you look it up, I'm the last one to go there, train there, come under the Hart banner. I'm the last one to have a shoot fight in the dungeon. You can look up my shoot fight. It's a little crazy. It's a three part and it's like almost a pro wrestling kind of finish. Harry and TJ are there. Natty was around a lot. I went to TNA. I was going to go there in Nashville and I wish I would have, but I found out they were coming to Orlando. So I waited. I work hard, but I also work smart. If I heard they're coming to Orlando, I thought things were going to be the same. Heck yeah. Let me not, uh, no offense. No, Jarrell. Like I told him to Jarrell Clark, who was signed at TNA, who's come back at times, Mr. 630. I, I want to say the inventor at the 630, but still, if you look up Luna wrestling where they did the stuff in France back in the day, and I was going over this footage with, uh, with some personnel the other day, as far as, uh, 630s, I'm like, look, they're doing 630s there. Um, but not quite how Jarrell did it before ricochet and, uh sanjay tried it before and he's tried it once and said he'd never do it again um and others and jack evans who jack evans was also there in the hearts um i had wrestled him actually so at mlw when they came jack evans was being flown down a day early and they had no hotel no nothing and jack was real young and new when i talked to his dad uh jack miller senior and I said, look, um, I live on campus by UCF. If he wants to stay with me, I can take him to the gym. I can take him around. I can take care of him for the extra day that they don't have him. So Jack stay with me. Teddy Hart said, oh, this is awesome. So I had Jack, Teddy Hart, uh, M-Dog 20, Matt Cross, um, Son of Havoc, um, and Pete Wilson, who is TJ Wilson's like brother. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, staying with me because they were more of the, not so much M-Dog, but he liked to be around. And then Chris Hero and Mana part of the Samoans would come around, but like Harry and TJ were more the quiet ones. So I had, so they were in Mr. St. Laurent's apartment because they could just go and I, I, Harry's got an incredible collection. I've seen his room in Calgary with all of his VHSs. Uh, oh man, it was amazing. I helped put together his DVD in 04. And then he got to switch to DVDs. Um, I helped him with that. Um, so they could, I have the term nerd out, I guess, and just watch lots of wrestling while, you know, just, learning from Teddy Hart, which I consider the heart training, my, uh, my high school wrestling, Jamie Noble, I felt was my uh, uh, bachelor's degree, Larry and Scott, my master's and Kevin Nash up there with an extra little doctorate there for me. And then I've definitely worked with many other people um, along the way and helped and people that praise me. And it'd be cool to call them a trainer that I've trained other people, but we've been on the same level or they even put me over strong and, (laughs) <laughs> some of my girlfriends that have been around and they see the people that call me and they put, they're like, man, I can't believe how much that person's putting you over. Or they'll use like one girl, like, man, it's kind of crazy that this person's like sucking here. And I'm like, it's cool. It's cool to see the names of my phone. Like the kid of
0: me would see it and be like, Whoa, that's pretty cool. So that was part one. And it's kind of an interesting point to stop at. Uh, we, we actually had to stop the recording for a variety of reasons, mainly, and Jason was getting very emotional, and I think you could hear it in his voice. At points there, he was actually choked up. Uh, he was getting very emotional, and also he did have an event that he needed to, he was putting on a show. He had to leave and go put that show on. So we, we stopped that recording, and uh, we are going to pick up with part two. So in the meantime, you know, definitely some some takeaways here. That was incredible detail of some pretty horrific things. You know, everything from his, his family background to this, you know, lewd and lavicious behavior. Just incredible detail. That, that was not the easiest listen uh, because it was so detailed. It was a pretty vivid picture there. Um, and again, you know, you, you make up your mind how you feel one way or another. I can tell you right now, <laughs> part two... We are going to delve into what has happened since then. And boy, it it is just it's a wild ride. That's that's what I'll say. It's a wild ride. So stay tuned uh, for part two entitled Did I Make the Biggest Mistake of My Life?